ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hey guys, make sure this week that you are checking out our Instagram story. We are going to be posting the poll for um, whichever movie you guys want us to recap. And then on next week's episode, we will announce which movie won and which movie um, we are going to be recapping. So yay, exciting. Make sure you check it out and hit us with a follow and more reviews. We love the reviews. Keep them coming. Okay. <laughs> Today. Jacqueline only wants constructive ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love just like a scathing review if you have. <laughs> and me and Aaron only want really positive ones. <laughs> yeah. Personalized. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today we're recapping season three, episode seven, The Dork Night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that title. Thank you have titled this episode. Please, Rusty. Please stop, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just sh- sh- Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, the original air date, I messed up last week. Last week's original air date was actually October 5th, 2009. This week's was October 12, 2009. So correction corner, my bad. Still both Libras. Yeah. So the episode was directed by Rick Rosenthal and written by Patrick Sean Smith and Adam Milch. The IMDb summary is Casey tries to find out about Cappy and Evan's secret friendship while Rusty, Calvin, and Dale visit Comic-Con. This episode feels like a season one, doesn't it? Kind of. It really does. There's a lot of tomfoolery, a lot of moving parts, and Rusty is right back to season one era. Honestly, he's come far when I think about it. He really has. He does have a lot of character growth since his first season, but woof, this one. He's down. Yeah, oh my god. Oh, I just got a chill thinking of one specific interaction that will cover. <laughs> yeah, and this episode is also sponsored by Teen Pregnancy. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't wait. So we open with Dale, who is in a chat room. He's sexting with somebody, and he can hear in, in the main area of their apartment Rusty telling science jokes to a girl, and it sounds like Jordan. And so he goes to go check it out, and he sees... Rusty's on video chat with Jordan. And while Jordan's on the call, Dale's like, I thought you guys broke up. And they're like, oh, yeah, we did. We're just catching up. Terrible idea. So that, so, <laughs> no, that never, ever works. There was no space in between them breaking up. Like, she just moved to New York. Right. We didn't. This was our confirmation that they even broke up at all. We yeah. didn't even know last episode. Right. And again, the way time works in Cypress Roads. Which hilarious. There is, there is a joke about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dale um, tells Jordan all about how now he has loose morals and genitals. Yeah, yikes. Um, and Jordan's like, okay, um, I have to leave. Um, I'm getting lunch with quote people. And Rusty is like <gasps> <laughs> the really, really self-conscious immediately. And he's like, people, like, who are people? And he she tells him about the people that she met on her floor, which by the way, again, like this is max level moving. She's already completely settled into a new room. She must have left that night, gotten there that morning, and this is this afternoon where she was fully moved in <laughs> to this apartment. I don't think it's a dorm. I don't even know what, like, how did she find this housing so quickly? Did you guys see the, like, set they had for her room? Yes. Well, yeah. I, was, I was happy to see that at least there weren't brown sheets. Right. It actually looked way cuter than her setup in her dorm, but oh, I was yeah. laughing at the like fake exposed, exposed brick, which clearly looks like a green screen or something. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. She's elevated her sense of decor since her time in the dorms. She's kind of moving into like her stylish era. Like you can see her reinventing herself. She has like some fits going on whenever he calls her. Maybe she's also subleasing and she's in somebody else's room. Mm. I had that thought as well. This looked a little bit like a sublet to me. I was like, I'm not sure she can, I'm not sure she can completely reinvent herself this quickly. I mean, I've lived in this apartment for three years and I have three things hanging on the walls and she had about a hundred decorations up already. So I'm like, what's the deal there? And so Rusty mentioned 
mentions um, Eric is one of the people she's getting lunch with. And Rusty's like, oh, nice. Eric's your gay friend. And she's like, no, he's straight. She says it's so weird she in a way. So weird. But but the, what Rusty says is, oh, is Eric the fun gay guy of the group? Oh, my God. And Jordan's like, is this weird? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly weird it's incredibly weird <laughs> like who in their right mind would would do this i i don't well, these two are not of sound mind and body yes she's like is this weird and see you next week they make a plan immediately to do it next week what a awful way to attempt to get over somebody i can't even like i think about especially like in high school when like things would fall through with guys and then the fact that we would have to see them every day how are we doing that oh it was horrible I I just pretend everyone I've ever talked to is dead after I stopped speaking to them yeah that's I mean that's the luxury of the adult world right (laughs) until you run into them on the street which until you see them until you see them in the pit of the phoebe bridgers concert oh my god (laughs) Uh, you're not safe anywhere we ran into so many people there yeah new york is a shockingly small place really shockingly small i think i've run into pretty much everybody out and about actually thomas have we ever run into each other um i don't know actually maybe maybe not you you're not everyone <laughs> but yeah I mean I ran into Jacqueline yesterday but we go to the same yoga studio well it could be shocking that you run into me we literally go to the same four places and we live 10 blocks from each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I know I'm saying <laughs> but still <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> neighbors <laughs> so dale gets back to chatting vampira 69 yeah jacqueline's face says it all so now ashley is telling casey um fisher's officially off probation so he was on probation for about two and a half days and she said it's like the whole thing never even happened that's a terrible way to go about this <laughs> ash and they're walking and then casey makes them hide when they see Evan on campus because she thinks he's with Cappy um and Ashley's like why do you care um and Casey's like I just want to know like I I want to figure out why all this secrecy yeah which is fair I mean she has a she has an unquenchable thirst of curiosity which I think is a good trait to have um it's a Cartwright trait for sure yeah and Ashley says do you even go to class anymore because <laughs> she's literally Casey has not been in a class now in like months <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the last class we saw Casey in was her women's studies class with Kathy yeah wasn't that oh I guess that was last semester yeah I'm losing track. So then Casey just shows up to the Omega Chi house and she sees Evan with cleaning supplies. Um, And she's like, why are you cleaning? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, showing the pledges how to do it. I'm, I'm teaching by example. And I think he makes a comment here about cleanliness being close to godliness. Well, this is the thread. Right. I didn't write down what he had said here specifically because I didn't realize it was going to be the thread. Right. So this is his attempt at another joke, which I didn't even realize till he says it multiple times. But he says, cleanliness. <laughs> he says cleanliness is next to godliness and you don't want to piss off God. Where's the joke? I think it's just a statement. <laughs> I think it's just like a suggestion. Casey's like, do you remember a dry weekend? And he's like, barely. And then because they were high on pop brownies. Um, and she's like, and I'm just like thinking about how you said you talked to Cappy at the end of the world party. And I'm just wondering how that all happened. And Evan is like not budging. He's like, I don't know, like he's being really weird about it. And she's like, it just seems like a deep combo for people who hate each other to have, mm-hmm. which like, yeah, fair. Uh, and he's basically just like, I don't know, like things happen at parties. It's like a party kiss. <laughs> <laughs> a party combo it means nothing <laughs> i'm gonna start using party kiss in real life as just like new slang for us <laughs> anytime <laughs> something happens that i feel weird about i'll be like well no it's just party kiss like 
Like it didn't happen. Nobody really remembers what I said. It, it was a party kiss. And so then the pledges show up behind him and they all are like looking really confused at him while he's cleaning because like he was clearly on his way to the Amphora Society to clean there, which seems like more and more it's like a huge part of being in this society is them cleaning this, the uh, cave or whatever they call it. Lair? Lair, Yeah. Rusty is unloading on Calvin and he's enraged that Jordan already has friends. Um, And Calvin, again, always the voice of reason. He's like, you were the one who wanted to end things and maybe you should stop talking for a little while. Like, yeah, no shit. That is the most clear path for Rusty and Jordan right now, but Rusty, it, it can't apply to him. Dale's like, yeah, I mean, every relationship has issues. And he uses Calvin and Grant as an example, which I don't even really get like what, I feel like they don't really have huge issues. Rusty and Dale like continue to shit on Calvin and Grant this whole episode when it's like, yeah. like you guys have problems. It's like, no, they're keeping the relationship a secret for like kind of a good reason. Like, Grant isn't out yet. Right. Like, let him be. And Calvin's being respectful of it. Something that Rusty is not able to do with his partners. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get an episode soon where, like, something big happens with, like, Grant and Rusty. Because they're really, like, slow burning up to this. You mean that Grant and Rusty? That Grant. Yeah, that Grant. Is it, did Um, you call him that Grant because of the incident? Yeah. And it's straight up. But it's later in the episode, right? Yeah, but it's literally like a Juni B. Jones line. Like, you know, the children's book? Yeah, she calls Juni B. Jones and the That Grant. She Well, she calls her That Grace. She has a friend called Grace and she calls her That Grace. (laughs) Calvin says, well, at least we've taken our relationship to the next level, like insinuating that they've finally had sex because we're going to for a while. I missed that, but good for them. And Dale is having a hard time processing this information. Dale is like so uncomfortable about it. He's, like, Um, insisting he no longer cares that Calvin is gay because he's an atheist, but, like, he clearly still is, like, bothered by it on some level, which is annoying, but... Calvin says they should all go out and meet girls, and Dale says it's his duty to, quote, bump uglies in the IRL now, (laughs) which is an insane line. Also, there's a bar up here that opened recently called, um, like, Plug Uglies, which I think is a horrible name. There's a couple of them. There's one. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that upsetting? I've never. Yeah, I've never heard that before. It just is. I mean, it's it's rivaling porking. (laughs) (laughs) Porking. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't we? Didn't I mention that on this? Yeah, you did. You did. I trust me. I remember. Yeah, we should make a list of our the least atrocious ways to allude to having sex. Bump uglies in the IRL now. Plug uglies, pork. <laughs> Ew. Okay, we have yeah. to move on. <laughs> okay, and then he goes to explain what an IRL means. And they're like, yeah, we know. Um, and Dale is getting excited. He's like really going through a lot of changes right now. So <laughs> he's kind of on a journey for sure, but he's good for the game. He's up for anything. So now Ashley and Fisher are talking about what they want to do that night. Um, she's like, it has to be an awesome first date back. She suggests the Ohio Comic Con. And Fisher is like, oh, maybe. And she was like, I'm kidding. And then Fisher is like, ice skating. She was like, I just went ice skating. And then Ashley gets excited because she sees that Clueless is playing at the Titan and she's never seen it on the big screen. And this is very reminiscent of um, Max never seeing weird science on the big screen. It's like echoing that. Fisher's like, I've never seen it at all. Which this whole line of like, storyline of fisher like being anti-clueless i know film major i'm like i was film major and that movie is is one of the greatest movies ever made and i also, love that movie it's iconic it's also a jane austen adaptation like it's yeah. a, a good plot and it has had like the cultural reverb that that film has had i'm not even being sarcastic like it has influenced culture so much over the past like what is it two three decades at this point like when did that come out mid 90s this movie is great and Ashley always has impeccable taste and 
well, we'll, we'll get into it more, but he's like, oh, sure. Like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you've never seen it. This is great. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that. Like, I, I, I'm sure they've mentioned Fisher being a film major before, but it's, it's, I'm having a really hard time imagining that a film major would be so against seeing a movie they've never seen before who their partner is saying they adore. Right. It's so, it's just really condescending and like, oh, I'm better than you. Yeah. Clearly thinks he is. Yeah, I know we've turned on Fisher. Yeah, I'm I'm out on Fisher for sure. This was it. Yeah. No, for me, it was when he told Ashley that he wasn't going to get in her way flirting at that party when they weren't back together. And then he continued to get in her way. So that was when I was out on Fisher. Yeah. And then made her like feel like it was her fault for not forgiving him quickly enough. Right. Just like the whole thing. Evan and Cappy are cleaning the amphora lair. Um, and Evan tells him that Casey is onto their secret friendship. And Cappy's like, oh my God, she was asking me about it too. Um, and this is where we realize that I guess like the stakes are a lot higher secrecy-wise in the Amphora society. Um, because Evan is like, we have to keep it a secret because the society is gonna be so mad at us. And then uh, uh, Gabby gets a text from Casey. She pulls a full season two Vanderpump Rules Kristen Doty. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Evan told me everything. Meet me at the stairs to discuss. It's exactly <laughs> Kristen going, talking to Ariana. And Ariana's like, no, I did not hook up with your boyfriend. And then Kristen going straight to the other bar and being like, Tom, Ariana told me everything meet me outside (laughs) so funny but also at this point they're cleaning and evan says cleanliness is next to godliness and you don't want to piss off god and he's like doing it again yeah kathy's like uh was that a joke mom evan trying to be funny again it's not working for him oh yeah but that is an important plot point that he says it there Yeah. yeah So now the trio were, wait, what is the, the Holy Trinity as <laughs> Dale might refer to them is in line for the club and um, Calvin is already embarrassed by them. <laughs> and all the girls are looking at just Calvin. <laughs> Rusty, every time he goes out, like at Comic-Con and in the scene, he's dressed like a serial killer in the suburbs trying to blend in. <laughs> okay I actually thought I oh, do no. agree with that but I did think that Dale and Rusty were like kind of cute here like when they were just like waiting in line and they were kind of like dancing to themselves <laughs> like, it was just so it, there was something so sweet about it wait I didn't even realize they were dancing <laughs> I hated it, was... it. <laughs> they were excitable but um yeah I mean Calvin is super handsome so of course all the girls are gonna just be looking at him and doesn't give off manic energy. And he's like really well dressed. Like he's got like one of those short sleeve like button downs with a tie, like a loose tie. Yeah. It was very of the like of the moment. That would have been a very cool fit. Express for men. <laughs> Dale says that Rusty is cramping his style and he's gonna go in without him, which is probably true. Like good good read. And I think Rusty also is just giving off fresh off a of breakup energy which people who give that off don't even realize they're giving it off some of the time um and he probably thinks that he's keeping it pretty cool but he is not um and so then calvin sends a girl over to talk to rusty and she's like your friend told me to talk to you and rusty gets flustered immediately and blows it so now Cappy shows up to meet Casey at Dobbler's. Cappy shows up at the stairs to meet Casey. And Cappy says, you know, like, this is really serious. You can't tell anyone because we're vigilante crime fighters. And she's like, okay, ha, ha, ha. And then Evan shows up um, doing the world's worst acting. Like, he's... <laughs> really leaning into like pretending to hate Cappy and it would be one thing like maybe it wouldn't be so bad if he hadn't like insisted in person to her that they weren't friends 
Because now it's just coming off like you're doubling down in a weird way. And we know that they had that heart-to-heart conversation and he knows that Casey knows that. And so then Evan starts a fight and they're kind of like pushing each other a little bit. But then they kind of start pushing each other actually pretty hard again because they want to kiss. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) And they're outside. So they're in an outdoor area where there are a lot of students around and then coming down one set of stairs is a beaver and he witnesses this and he freaks out because he thinks that Evan is coming for Kathy for real um and he runs down and he punches Evan in the face to save Kathy and then more KTs see and then these Omega Kai's see and come and pile on And it is a mess and Casey's freaking out. So not only did Evan lose the Oscar, but now people are getting hurt for real. And it's just like bad scheming. It's an intense fight too. Like this is reminiscent of that fight between the KTs and the Omega Kais when Rusty got like really intensely punched. Yeah, right. And when Evan smacked him in the face with a pledge paddle. Oh, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he wasn't punched. It was the paddle. Sometimes I forget that he did that because that really was violent. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm kind of an Evan apologist, but like remembering that he smacks somebody in the face with a paddle is really, it's kind of hard to get over. Yeah. This fight looked dangerous. Yeah. So it gets out of hand and Casey is like, uh, what the heck? So now Fisher and Ashley are leaving the movie and Ashley's like, I think this is one of the greatest movies in the history of movies. And again, she's right. She's literally right. Wait, really quickly. Can I say during the fight, Evan gets bit by a KT and I'm pretty sure it's Jeremy. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> really? I, I did not notice that. Yeah. He gets bit. He, he like, he like yelps. <laughs> he needs a rabies shot for sure. Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy's back in action in this episode. <laughs> Jeremy and hard so Fisher and Ashley are leaving the movie and Ashley says it's one of the greatest movies in the history of movies again factually correct and Fisher is not he's doing that thing that straight men do where they want you to know that they're pretending but in a way where it's passable that they might not be like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, that really was great in a way where they want the girl to be like, oh, you don't really like it. And so then they can go into all of the reasons why they don't really like it or be like, feign that they actually were saying it was great if it comes up in conversation later. He's pulling that move, which is just like, ick, 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 ick ick and then Ashley is like you should screen this at your film club and of course he has a film club (laughs) and it's a great idea yeah it is a great idea and then he also um invites her to go to the film club screening I don't think he commits to showing Clueless I think he's like maybe it's like something like Ingvar Bergman's Strawberries Wild or something yeah I don't know I've never seen it I think I, I think I'm saying that name wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I don't know though. <laughs> Ingrid Ingbar. I think it's Ingbar Ber- or Ing- Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar. Ingmar Bergman, and they're gonna watch Strawberries, Wild Strawberries. Okay. <laughs> so then. They decide to go get food, and at the simultaneously, Ashley suggests pizza, and Fisher says anything but pizza. And then he's like, "No, no, let's get pizza. I really want that." And she's like, "Okay." So now Calvin is trying to convince Rusty not to give up, just on like finding somebody else ever. I don't even know. Dale is giggling over messages with Vampira sixty nine. Calvin's like, maybe you should really be sticking to people in real life. I in the IRL. And Dale says, well, actually, she wants to meet up tonight at Comic-Con. Um, and Calvin's like, we should all go. Well, that's a great place to meet girls. You'll see, like, girls in cat suits or whatever he says. And Dale is extremely excited for this. And Rusty's like, okay, sure. So a lot is about to unfold. So now we're at the ZBZ house. And Ashley's telling Casey about her date with Fisher. And she's saying, you know, it was the most polite date ever and then Casey mentioned something about the fight and Ashley's like oh my gosh I want details 
And Casey then starts talking about how she's the worst detective ever. And this scene was kind of funny because I feel like they were, I don't know if they were intentionally doing this, but they keep making movie references. And I don't know if it has something to do with like the film club. Like Ashley says, oh, well, you're not as bad as Inspector Gadget. And then (laughs) she says something about too, when Casey's talking about her relationship currently with Evan and Cappy that Casey turns into like the female version of Hugh Grant every time she sees Cappy. And then Casey says, well, Cappy's already moved on with that fight club girl. I didn't get that. I know. What does that mean? It's because in the last episode, Casey asked Lana how she and Cappy know each other. And Lana said fight club. Whoops. Oh, God. And then Casey's like, I just want things to be like freshman year again. We were all friends. And Ashley's like, I do too, because that's when my Ugg boots were in style, which honestly, they're probably back in style now. They never fully went out. I kept mine and I bought a new pair in that time. And I'm glad I did. I would love a pair of Uggs, just like Taylor Swift. We never go out of style. So true. She and Ugg boots. Casey's like, I really owe them an apology because at this point, she's convinced that she started this massive fight. And I think in a way, she's kind of loving it. That, like, she was the center of this. But she's acting like she's not. Um, So, on the drive over to Comic-Con, Rusty's going over some opening lines in the event that he meets someone. In the backseat, Dale is changing into a costume. And Grant calls Calvin on his Bluetooth, I think. (laughs) Which we haven't seen in quite a while. And Rusty's rude to him. As usual. He says, hello, that Grant. Yeah, Rusty Rusty B. Jones. Maybe that's the title of this episode. Rusty B. Jones. (laughs) Then they kind of like are stuck in traffic and this car drives by with this group of girls. And this one girl is like painted all green because she's in costume. And he kind of has like a flirtatious moment with her. And they have a little bit of banter. And then she's like, find me inside of Comic-Con. And... Ben Dale kind of comes up from the backseat. He's in full costume. He's like Lord of Doom or something. <laughs> so Calvin is just kind of there. He's basically just like there to help them. I don't think he really wants to be there. But he he's enjoying it. Also, I think he gets a kick out of seeing them do this. Yeah. And then like after Dale comes up, like Rusty and Dale have like kind of another moment, kind of similar to the moment at the club. And it's kind of cute. They're like, go Comic-Con. <laughs> Like, Rusty's all excited now. Because, well, Rusty thinks he's, like, now met his new girlfriend, which we'll find out in a moment. Yes, so now we have the scene between Cappy and Casey at Dobbler's. And she basically bought him a beer to apologize for all of her meddling. And he admits it was kind of, like, a bad scheme. But uh, she starts to ask him how things with Lana are going. And it's it's honestly just kind of awkward between them. And I mean, honestly, too, because he it doesn't really seem like he's dating Lana yet. But the way Casey's making it sound is as it's as if they're dating already. So then he he stands up to leave and she realizes that he's kind of dirty. Like it looks like he's been cleaning stuff. He's going home to clean the KT house. And Casey's like, whoa, that would be the first time that that's ever happened. And then he uses the Evan joke. I think he like changes the wording around a little bit, but it's the way he says it. He says, uh, cleanliness is next to happiness and you don't want to piss off Kathy. (laughs) That's funny. He makes it funny. Yes. And then Casey has a revelation in that moment. She knows that he's been talking to Evan. Yeah, she has like a full, like it descends upon her in a way. I'm trying to think like of when in another like film or TV show that we've seen like this moment, this like aha moment, but it's very dramatic. Yeah, Casey has these relatively often. (laughs) Yeah, well, she's intuitive. She really is. She's an empath. Oh my gosh. Wow. Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're at the KT house and Beaver and Cappy are playing pool and Ashley comes over to deliver a fruit basket, which is kind of surprising and random. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're just handing these out because it's been quote, the longest semester ever. 
<laughs> which it really has been <laughs> yeah like it is going on and on and on and on so she leaves it on the table and beaver and cappy are like kind of confused beaver is upset that there's no cheese doritos in the fruit basket and then we see ashley walk outside and we see that casey's hidden in the hot tub like holding a walkie-talkie yeah and they've essentially hidden a walkie-talkie i think it's a baby monitor Oh, oh, that would yeah. make more sense. Yeah, so there's a baby monitor hidden in the fruit basket. Well, also, like, I will say, it, after this realization, if I were Casey, I would be, like, actually hurt. Because it would be like, my inclination would be, oh, they just don't want me to be in their friend group. Like, they just want to be friends together. So I'm like, I kind of get this crazy move. Because it's like... Why can't I also be your friend? Why are you guys only allowed to be friends and I'm not allowed to be friends with you guys? Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, why are like they being so secretive, secretive about it? Like, why are they trying to keep up this appearance of hating one another? And this yeah. is where she also says, like, the fight was caused because of me. And Ashley's like, okay, that sounds a little far-fetched and also, like, egotistical, but whatever. <laughs> For case <laughs> never. So they start listening in on the conversation. And then really kind of out of nowhere, they start talking about like pregnancy statistics and like college t- sex statistics. Yeah. And like protected sex and how the, st- the statistics around men wearing condoms. And then I think it it really is out of nowhere. And Casey thinks that they know that they're listening because they're talking about this. And it's so suspicious. Like, why would they be like having this genuine conversation? Yeah. And like, where are these statistics coming from? And then I forget what they say next, but they say something very. He says, Beaver, I can see your butthole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Butthole? But crack, crack, crack. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't remember that, but <laughs> oh, like damn, I miss that. Yikes. You can see whole <laughs> the whole hole is exposed. Can you imagine? Oh my god, imagine being so uh not so aware that your whole butthole's out. Well, if there was gonna be anyone, it would be Beaver. <laughs> Wait, but also I love that, like, that means that Cappy really was just educating Beaver on <laughs> teen sex facts. Yeah. <laughs> there must have been, like, some reason that they had to put all of this in. Yes. I don't know what it was. We'll what find out. ABC was like, we're letting you guys get away with a lot. Can you at least say this? And I bet also Secret Life of American Teenager stuff at the time. Like, I bet they were catching heat. Yes, I think I agree. I think this is the Secret Life era of ABC Family. And I wonder if because there were such contrasting ideals between both shows, they were trying to like make them feel a little bit more paralleled. I had amazing sex. And now my dad's dead. I was going to say, although like Secret Life made like having sex and getting pregnant seem, their lives were hell. So it didn't really. They had amazing sex. That's so fucking funny. Grace. Yeah, that show was a lot of fear mongering. Oh, absolutely. That show was unhinged. But yeah, this, it, it feels almost like in a weird way, like product placement. Like it felt very yeah. unnatural to but the, I guess the writers did do it as good as they could have done with like weaving it in as naturally as possible. It was kind of funny. So yes, they realized that they really don't know that the walk, the baby monitor is hidden in the fruit basket. And then we see Cappy leave the house. He's like, I'll meet everyone later at Dobbler's. And Casey, you know, her detective alarm goes off and she's like, I need to follow him so she's yeah, her spidey senses are tingling yes and then she leaves to go follow cappy and jeremy is just sitting there watching her this was so spooky he it, he's wild so now we're at comic-con and dale breaks off from the group he's trying to find vampirus his internet friend and rusty is looking for his green scaled friend who he met very briefly yeah he knows nothing about her but he's like convinced that she is the love of his life and so 
Rusty's like, this can't be that hard to find her. She's completely painted green. And then he realizes that there are so many women painted green at this Comic-Con. And then Calvin spots Leopard Boy. And he's really excited because that was his favorite comic as a kid. Leopard Boy solved mysteries at a um, Caribbean resort. At a posh (laughs) Caribbean resort. Which is so funny. I love that part. And also I love like Calvin growing up and his favorite comic being somebody at a posh Caribbean resort. (laughs) Yeah, that was, it was such a, he had such a specific plot for Leopard Boy. It was, it was funny. Okay, now we have this. So Rusty's essentially on his own now looking for this woman. But now we have this really cringy scene where they're leaving Fisher, Ashley, and I guess Fisher's like film club friend are leaving... Yeah, this girl. Yeah, this girl who we've never met before. Pick me but... coded, by the way. Yeah, we, I I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I immediately did not like her. Yeah, well, she was like giving I'm better than you. Yes, so they're leaving film club and Fisher and this girl, I'm really not sure what her name is, but. Um, I don't think they give her a name. Yeah, so they're talking about how amazing the Ingmar Bergman film was and Ashley's not into it she like she said she was so bored she got nauseous or something she said she was so bored she couldn't breathe (laughs) oh gosh yeah (laughs) so but then the girl is like what are you talking about she gets really defensive she's like that is the greatest film in cinema history and Ashley's like I beg to differ I think Clueless is the greatest film in cinema history and then the girl goes is that Godard Oh, gross. And she's like, no, it's Silverstone. It's Silverstone. Yeah. And then she's like, is this girl for real to Fisher? And Ashley's like, Fisher also thinks it. Yeah. And then Fisher kind of sheepishly is like, oh, well, yeah, I think it's really colorful. And it it says a lot about the American screwball comedy. Like he tries to make it really academic sounding. It's a huge ick. It's a huge ick. Like he... He and Ashley knows it too. She she knows that he's faking. Yeah, this is she realizes then, and because he was putting up this charade the day before, and now he's embarrassing her and making her look dumb, and she feels stupid for believing him. Yeah. Also, not a great way to come back from having a lying problem, right? And keeping things a secret, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, and then Fisher just tries to quickly change the subject. He's like, let's go get pizza. Which also didn't, just recently, like at the last date, he said he didn't want pizza at all. And mm-hmm. they had pizza last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fisher, you're fumbling. So now we're at, uh, we're at back at Comic-Con. And Dale is, he's he's at um a card that says Princess Leia Sticky Buns. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. That's- and there's a man working there dressed as Princess Leia. And he comes face to face with Vampiress, who is wearing a mask. But immediately we can tell that this is Sheila. <laughs> no! And we are, like, I was immediately caught off guard by this. I mean, part of me had a feeling it might be her, but this was... I, didn't, I did not suspect. This was I upsetting. Thought it, I thought, if anything, Vampira would have, like bailed or stood him up I didn't think it was gonna be Sheila but oof yeah it would have been like a total catfish or something yeah Um, well I guess it would be hard to be a catfish unless like he really was talking to a vampire (laughs) so I guess Sheila was a catfish in a way as a human (laughs) as a human she proved to be a catfish (laughs) and so she's like did you know it was me and well she's like is this a joke like did you know yeah and then she's like well maybe there's a reason we were brought back together and maybe it was god's plan oh gosh yeah he's like i'm not really into that stuff anymore (laughs) yeah and she's like is there any way you could forgive me because he she knows that she hurt him and he i think he mentions that too here she was really mean to him that was really hard that episode his like come down from that was really tough to watch yeah i'm kind of upset that she's back to be honest so now uh, Rusty is walking with this green girl that he met in mm-hmm. at the beginning of Comic-Con and she starts talking about where she's from and he gets really excited because he's like oh wait that's only 10 minutes away from where I live like I'm in Cyprus 
you know, and he's like, well, just saying like, if our relationship progresses, it would be a lot easier because like then because we're so close, like we can spend the night at each other's places. And she is honestly so freaked out at this point as she should be. Scary, It's so scary. And he starts talking about Casey and how she has a car. So it'll be easy for them to travel. (laughs) And he's like, and like, if you meet her, like you would really like her. Yeah. So she honestly like good for her. She's like, Okay, have a great Comic-Con, Rusty. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, she scampers away. It was honestly really hard to watch. Yeah. He couldn't get himself out of the hole. Like, he kept digging it deeper. He really did. So now we're at the Amphora Society, and Evan's looking at his bruises from the fight. <laughs> and he looks really cute with his new haircut. I don't know if you guys know. He did. Yeah, I noticed that he had a haircut at the beginning of the episode he they both looked really cute this episode cappy is looking very fit he's looking very muscular and evan has his cute new do yeah i noticed that a couple of the characters look different this episode i wonder if maybe when they were filming there was like a slight break in between like a holiday or something yeah i kind of thought that too cappy comes in and he's like you know even though you have the bruises and we got into that major fight like at least casey doesn't suspect anything and then we see Casey walk in to the Amphora Society. She has essentially, she is an outsider to the society, but she's made it in somehow. And they're like, how did you find us? And she's like, well, honestly, I just followed you. And like, I almost threw up because it smelled so bad in the sewer. She also, when she, I love when she like, her first line is, I knew you were secret friends. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And... And they're like, you need to hide because the meeting is about to start. So they like quickly, basically like put her in the closet and then the meeting starts and Casey's so confused because she does not know where she is or what's going on. And then someone goes to retrieve the urn from the closet and they discover Casey and they immediately know that she not only is Casey, but she's Casey Cartwright. She said, who are you? And then someone else randomly is like, oh, that's Casey Cartwright. Like, it was really weird. I don't know. (laughs) I was, my thought there was maybe they know her because of, you know, the emotional purge. I think that is why. Oh, yeah. So they know immediately too that it has something to do with Cappy and Evan. And they point at each other. (laughs) So then right after this, so in the middle of this scene, we cut to a commercial break, but we were watching on Hulu. So this was honestly very startling, but there is like this PSA about pregnancy and safe sex. And like Scott Michael Foster is is pretending, he, or he's not pretending to be Cappy. He's acting as Cappy, giving this PSA to everyone and Beaver. Beaver's in the background learning. And he's like, he says something like, people who don't have sex with protection for one year have an 87% chance of getting pregnant. That's a statistic. I didn't even write down the statistics. I didn't write it down. I just, it stuck with me. And there's like a website that you can visit. And what, I mean, what surprised me so much was not that this was like a commercial that would have aired during the time of the show, but that this was included in the Hulu streaming. I know. I can't believe it was left in. It, yeah. It, it really caught me off guard. And so funny it was what a relic yeah it was definitely and I imagine like I I haven't watched Secret Life of the American Teenager in so long but I imagine there were a lot of these with the cast of Secret Life as well oh I remember those for sure oh like they every member of that cast did these every episode I mean they had to they were really playing with fire with that show yeah and then at the end of the PSA Beaver goes Cappy who are you talking to and Cappy kind of looks knowingly at the audience it's giving um like skit that they play at the beginning of a Disney ride right like oh my god you Indiana Jones is like needs your help run down and it's like somebody in character from the movie um, that's exactly what it feels like. So now that Casey's been discovered, they're like yelling at everyone in Amphora is yelling at Cappy and Evan for like letting an outsider in. And Casey steps in and it's like, it's not their fault. You know, they didn't know. I'm just, I'm just such a good sleuth. Like they had no idea I was there. They don't know what to do with her because she's the first intruder in history of the Amphora Society. 
So they're like, okay, we have to consult with each other minus the trust breakers. And so they form like a little circle and turn away from Cappy, Evan, and Casey. And uh, when they come back, like Casey's apologizing to Cappy and Evan, but then the group comes back and they're like, okay, we're not going to report Cappy and Evan to the alumna. And because Casey discovered us, you know, she must be very smart. It takes a lot of skill. So she can join Amphora. But before the girl who found her suggests yeah. sacrificing her. Yeah, she's weird. She suggests that multiple times this episode. Yeah. Also, um, though, when they're meeting and convening, Evan was actually being really sweet to Casey. And he was like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to worry about it. He was being really understanding and nice. He's been, he's really sweet to her this whole episode, actually. Evan and Cappy are clearly, like, not thrilled at the idea of her joining Amphora. But they're like, oh, it's fine. Like, uh. and I get that. Like, this is the place where they restarted their friendship. You know, like, I think it's just kind of awkward. And so then the guy in charge of the Amphora is like, okay, you'll have to perform the purge. So now we're at ZBZ. Ash confronts Fisher about not liking Clueless on the steps of the ZBZ, like, hallway. And he says, I feel like I have to walk on eggshells around you now that we're back together. She's like, honestly, I'm over what happened, really. Like, I've accepted your apology. I moved on. And he says, I just don't feel comfortable. And she says, that's because you're not being yourself. So, like, please be yourself. Be honest with me. Like, that's who I liked in the first place. And they kind of, like, they kind of come to a consensus, but it's still definitely weird. I was kind of like... Up. I know I was like this is a sign it's irreparable because <laughs> also it's like if this guy is so like he can't get it together like and and he's the one who begged you to get back together and now is like oh, I don't know and it's like okay then he's not good enough for you so Calvin finds Rusty and he's wearing a leopard boy hat he looks so cute it's like a little top hat with ears um <laughs> Perfect resort wear. Perfect <laughs> resort wear. <laughs> and Rusty tells him, he was like, yeah, like the green girl. And he's like, she thought, even she thought I was too weird to have a relationship with. And Calvin is like, relationship. <laughs> yeah, I love that Calvin is always the person who's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and Dale comes up and he's like, so vampire, so Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> and um, wait like, the, he, oh were you gonna say the horrible line that he's about to say oh no no you can say it he goes i'm thinking about taking her back and her front ew Dale. i didn't hear that and i'm glad i didn't sorry you had to they're talking about porking yeah if, if anyone didn't know <laughs> um so rusty of course makes it about himself so calvin is like why would you do that dale like she like fucked you over like she sucks also like ew she's weird yeah he doesn't say that i'm saying that but rusty's like hey maybe she's the only right person for that him and he made a huge mistake by ending things and dale's like um she ended things with me actually and then calvin says he's not talking about sheila yeah he's talking about jordan and himself so like calvin is like come on dude and rusty is so mean to calvin in this moment he says you can't give advice because of you're hiding your relationship with that grant and it's so like you can't come at somebody for helping somebody stay in the closet I was gonna say, like, do you not realize it's not him hiding it because he wants to hide it it's so fucked up it's anyway. so really it's just so unkind and also it's like calvin is always there for you and calvin puts up with so much shit and gives you really good advice and it keeps you down to earth and why are you coming at him for having a relationship with like somebody who did one bad thing to you like yeah uh, that your kt brothers also tied you up <laughs> yeah and they've done horrible shit to the omega kais too like yes this one was directed towards you which must be really shitty but you know it, it, you guys aren't innocent in this um also like that's beside the point your feelings on grant like he's not hiding his relationship because he feels like it so rusty's like i'm gonna go call jordan casey is 
starting her purge at the Enforced Society and you get a feeling that she's really taking her sweet time going through everything like she's telling something high school (laughs) yeah she's talking about high school and it seems like it's like kind of a pointless anecdote and then everyone's like okay keep it moving and she starts (laughs) to get into the Cappy and Evan stuff and they've all heard it already because of Cappy and Evan yeah like all right keep going she's like okay fine like I'll just talk about the night of that like ball or whatever where they got into the big fight and she says, you know, she always has felt responsible for the end of their friendship, which like, mm, kind of, I do think they would have stopped being friends even without her. They were going on different paths, but I don't think it might, it might not have been as contentious. And she feels really bad about it. And she says, I always felt responsible. And she thought maybe now they would have the chance to like fix things. But then she says, she, I don't even know how she lets this drop. So if you guys remember, tell me, but she like lets it drop accidentally about how Evan told her that Cappy was going to come to see her at the end of the world party yeah Cappy's like what the hell dude like why would you tell her that it seems to have caused another riff yeah I think she I think the way she gets into that is by saying like I'm like now we all have a chance to make it better even though or it's something along those lines where she she brings it up. But it is, it. I had to actually watch that part back again because I was a little bit confused on how they got there. Yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere, but now the boys are fighting again. Although Evan's not really fighting. It's more Cappy who's just like pissed. He's like, stop talking. He's like, why did you tell her that? Yeah. Yeah, he tells Evan to stop talking. So Rusty, oh my God, goes to call Jordan, but like the line is like really bad. Like he doesn't have good service. Panic so mode by the way <laughs> what panic mode by the way yeah it's like you can call her when you get home actually <laughs> so he goes into this random like room that's having some kind of screening and he goes behind the stage and he's like jordan 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 like he can't get through to her it's like as if it's so time pressing like if he does not get back together with her in this moment, he will disappear into thin air or something. It's so weird. I feel like he thinks not gay Eric is going to like sweep her <laughs> off her feet in a matter of seconds. Straight Eric. <laughs> he sees a computer open and he uses it to video call her. It's so, he's like, please, please have video chat. Please have video chat. <laughs> I'm like, what app are they using? Like this wasn't Skype. Oh, because also it just opens right. She doesn't even answer the call. It just opens right into her apartment. And she's like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> she's she's like taken off guard. It's she's really... packing up her satchel. <laughs> she's like about to go hang out with Eric. She totally yeah, honestly. <laughs> so he's telling her, he was like, I was wrong about long distance relationships. Please, can we get back together? And then we see in the crowd, like people are starting to gather and uh, Dale is there with Sheila and Calvin is also there and like people are kind of getting ready to like watch whatever presentation is happening the announcer comes on and says Q will be coming on shortly and then like the video feed starts and that's when you see Jordan and Rusty their Skype or their video call on the giant screen and she, he just keeps saying like he's like pitching the relationship to her is like we can talk all the time we can video chat like we can watch the same movies and start them at the same time and he's like and we'll never have to be single again it's so dark this man is 19 i was gonna say he's like not even 20 years old we'll never have to be single again (laughs) regardless of what happened at the end of the show or like who you think ends up together you know rusty was married within the year of graduation <laughs> yes. She says to him, which was I actually thought she handled this really well. She was like, Rusty, like I really just sounds to me like you miss being in a relationship more than you miss me. Yeah. Like, this that's- just isn't gonna work. You know, that a relationship that's like constantly over the phone or like over the internet isn't a good relationship. Yeah. And she's right. Thank you. And he knows that too, which is the reason he dumped her. Yeah, exactly. So the whole crowd groans and she's like, what was that? And before they can like realize what's happening, Q comes on the screen and you see all three of them. And he's like, I told you I'm not doing, he gets really angry. This guy that plays Q, which I know nothing about because I know nothing about Star Trek. And you see- Oh, that was a real character? Yeah, I think. Oh, I thought- I think so. I think it was like a special guest star because I remember at the beginning of the episode, it was like 
it was like guest starring and at the very end it was like and someone and I was imagining that I think that was it was like a name that I sort of recognized I yeah I don't know anything about Star Trek so I didn't even realize I thought that that was just (laughs) no it's definitely not made made up for no it's not made up for the show but this appearance by him and seeming like I don't know what how Dale got to where he gets with this but he you can tell on his face he has some kind of realization at seeing Q oh it's John Delancey he played Q right in Star Trek and he was in that one episode as himself mm-hmm. I don't think it's Q that makes Dale have the revelation I think it's what Jordan says mm. like you just miss being in a relationship but he says that. he says later that seeing Q Oh, he does? Okay. Oh, that's interesting because I I thought it was Q as well. But when you say it like that, that actually, it makes more sense based on the context of what happens later. But he says says seeing Q made me realize. I don't know. It's not really that important. (laughs) We're like, Um, what caused this revelation? (laughs) Yeah. I think he was just ready to have it anyway. So they're all sitting in the M4 Society and Casey tells Cappy, he's like, she's like, it's fine. I like know about, you know, you're not coming to see me. It's honestly, it's not a big deal. It's fine. And Evan's like, I'm really sorry, dude. I was so high. Like in Casey's like, it's true. He's trying to eat shampoo. And Cappy's just still mad. He says to Evan, like, shut up. Don't talk. There's <laughs> no talking. And Casey says that she's like, I see why you were keeping this from me. I always like screw up this friendship basically. And she says she thought that if she could find out that they were friends again, then it meant the three of them could be friends again. So like what Aaron said earlier, she was like, if if it's possible for them to reconcile, then we can all three reconcile. And Evan's really sweet. He's like, well, maybe we can, it can't be the same, but maybe we can try to move forward. Yeah, it's nice. And it's true. And she's like, and Cappy, does he kind of agree? He doesn't seem as enthused. No, he does. Cappy is still being weird. I really think it's just about that like, he feels weird about turning Casey down still. Yeah. But so he's like, okay, yeah, he like agrees. Right. And so she's like, okay, we can move forward. But like, this still is not the place for me. And she turns around and says to the lead Amphora, she's like, I don't want to be here. And he was like, well, like, what are we supposed to do? And the the one girl again goes, see, sacrifice. She's like, we should still sacrifice her. And he's like, we're not going to kill her. (laughs) And then he says to her, he says to Casey, "Um, okay, well, we know all your secrets now. So if you tell anyone about us, we will tell everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. And she's like, okay. <laughs> she <I> am, Captain. <laughs> she's really unfazed by that. But I also feel like what she told them seems to be very surface level. Yeah. So Rusty's humiliated. <laughs> so about this video call and they're leaving Comic-Con. And this random guy is like, sorry about Jordan. She looked super hot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rusty apologizes to Calvin. Thank God, because yes, that was serious called for and he says, you know, I need to stop chasing people. I need to, like, stop moving constantly. And Dale was like, yeah, Q made me realize that I'm not a sexy supervillain. He's like, I'm just sexy. And he says he's going to go back to God. Yeah. I'm I'm sexy, but I'm not an atheist. I'm not a supervillain. I'm Dale Kettlewell. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so he's turning back to his religious roots. And I guess Dale's journey, is it over? We don't know. So Ash and Casey are at Dobbler's and they're sitting there and they're talking and Ashley's just like, maybe things can't be the same with me and Fisher. And Casey's like, oh, you never know. And she's kind of looking around at Cappy and um, Evan. And then Fisher comes in and he immediately starts like kind of berating Ashley with like truths. He's like, you can't cook. And leg warmers aren't gloves they are yeah they're all mean they're, he's what he's saying is like very mean and he says and i gagged during clueless yeah also why and then he goes but i'm gonna try to make the new fisher and ashley even better than the old one wait but before he says that part casey goes that was way harsh fisher yeah <laughs> oh i love that um and then we see kathy evan and casey cheers from across the room 
And one of the Omega Kai's is like, who are you cheersing to? And Evan says, the party gods. Like <laughs> that was so romantic, that scene of them all cheersing each other. Be a thruple. Be thruple. a thruple. Thruple, thruple, thruple. All of their problems would be solved, I'm telling you. We need to like awesome. set that to like enchanted by Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There I was again tonight. Oh my gosh. Wait, also real quick, just going back briefly to the Dale situation. I feel like he was on Rum Springer. He was. Mm. Say that at one point, like in an I, earlier episode. I, I feel like I maybe we, 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 we talked, talked about, about it. Rumspringer. Yeah. But he has yeah. decided to not sprung his rum. Right. There was something about that. So <laughs> Grant gets like weirdly whipped up when like he sees the KTs at the bar. Grant might be roided out. <laughs> Grant's like, like, oh, like they're so annoying. And <laughs> he like wants to go over and fight that. He's like, let me finish what we started. That's very that Grant. I don't know about that Grant. It was really, really weird. Um, also, and- Evan is just being really hot here. No, I know. And when he's nice, it's just I know when he's so when about it. when. <laughs> 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 it's so fucked okay so we're in wrestling when he's not game. smacking somebody in the face with a paddle we're like bribing people not to talk to his ex-girlfriend or cheating rampantly on his other girlfriend yeah the townie yeah. anyway oh, no. so we're in casey or oh, my god you guys we're in rusty and dale's apartment and Rusty is staring longingly at his laptop. And then we see what he's looking at. And he changes his Facebook status to single. Oh, my God. The fact that he hadn't already, by the I way. I know. It's been, like, what, a week or something? He's also, he's down bad. Like, perhaps the worst we've seen him. Yeah. It's been a quarter of what his relationship was with, <laughs> with Jordan. Um, and then we go into Dale's room and we see changing his relationship status <laughs> to in a relationship with God. <laughs> love. I love that for him. That's a very ending. Remember yeah. how important those relationship statuses were, though? Like, oh my God, they were huge. Do you remember? Okay, let me paint you a picture. It's Sunday night, like freshman year of high school. You're on Facebook. And somebody changes their relationship status and it's like in a relationship with, and then like the next, you see the person it's with and like both like come up right after each other and you're chatting people like, oh my God, did you see? Oh, oh my gosh. That, that yeah, brought I, back like a real, real, like I felt like I was in that moment when you said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. On AIM. And when oh it was people gosh. you like didn't even know were talking, you were like, oh my god or there was always the ones where you're like yeah they had a thing for a long time or even equally complicated with yeah when it would go to is complicated or a sunday night when you would see is single and you're like what happened this weekend (laughs) i think i told this story before but that happened once with this girl i knew and her you know boyfriend of two weeks or whatever and then he started writing these deranged facebook status and he was like you were such a key, uh, you were a perfect angle I've never loved anything more you were a beautiful angle oh and he was you meant angel, angel but he was oh. so I thought he was gonna make a an a cute pun like that's what I wanted to write on it, it was like was she a cutie <laughs> oh gosh or there was always like the um i feel like a lot of people when they broke up they would do those lyrics like i could really use a wish right now oh my god a bob lyric a a, a notorious flat earther (laughs) (laughs) wait is bob a flat earther yeah well let me let me fact check this real quick B.O.B. B.O.B. is a, what do you call it? A flat earther. Rapper B.O.B. thinks the earth is flat and he's got the photos to prove it. (laughs) Right. That was in 2016 though, maybe, but but this article from uh, this past October, B.O.B. addresses what happened to him after flat earth comments. (laughs) Oh, does he think that ruined his career? 
Probably. One of the comments, no one canceled BRB for those songs. We laughed at him. That's all. He continued to make music and did it pretty well. So why he has this feeling like he fell off is strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> that from Heartbreak Bones seven months ago. Anyway, winners? Um, I'm going to say my winner is Casey. I thought that it was really sweet. And I think her intentions are so pure in this. Like she genuinely just wants to be their friend again. And like- She's kind of giving mom vibes in it. No, it's really cute. And she was making me laugh with her stakeout and Mm -hmm. like her schemes. I just thought she, you know, and she was very sweet at the end, letting them have their own thing together and like taking a step back. Yeah, she had a very charming episode. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Jordan. I know she didn't have a big episode, but I do think her, when she was in the episode, she made some really good choices here. And And also good for her. Yeah, honestly, she's free now. And like, honestly, good for her. She made so many friends in one week and they all sound like really cool. They're all like (laughs) in urban planning and stuff. Free from the Cartwrights and right into Eric's arms. Yeah. I know. Honestly, part of me was thinking like, what if the video chat turned on and we saw her like, and Eric hanging out. My winner is Evan because I just, <laughs> I just thought he was really sweet and fun and cute. I just love Evan. <laughs> I know I do too. Yeah, it was a good episode for Evan. Okay, I feel like we perhaps, mayhaps, might all have the same loser, but no, I can switch it up. Okay, I- I'm gonna go Sheila. That's good. Yeah, I was thinking that could potentially be a loser for sure. She's horrible and. Dale was so sweet. He was like, you really hurt me. Also, you're, t- I mean, I know this is like kind of a moot point because it's so obvious, but like, she's so much older than him and you took his virginity. It's like really gross and like, yeah, it's you're manipulating this person. It's a really sad. <laughs> and I'm being John Mayer. <laughs> I'm so proud of Dale for breaking the cycle and not letting it happen again. Mm-hmm. Thomas? I'm going to go Fisher. No, oh, that's Fisher. good. Answer. Yeah, I just thought, like, the way he handled the whole film uh, club meeting and, like, Clueless, honestly, like, I like part of me gets why he was walking on eggshells, but he's the reason he needed to be walking on eggshells. It's his own fault. Yeah, totally. Mine, I gotta go Rusty. Poor yeah. showing, scary, and humiliating himself, you know, hitting all the marks. He's back in his Emma era. This is exactly what happened when he broke up with Jen Kay. I know. And that girl in the club line, for a second, I thought it was Emma. Can you imagine? No, Emma probably had to transfer to school. She was so scared. Oh my God. She's in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun one. It was. That was fun. It was lighthearted. Uh, well, thanks for joining us on this one. Down, 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 down